Hi, I'm Jennifer Isabella. And I'm Sharon Lever, your co-host for Forrester's podcast, What It Means, where we explore the major changes in the market influencing executive priorities. Today, we're joined by Vice President and Research Director Jennifer Ross and Principal Analyst Adele Sweetwood to discuss what B2B marketing leaders can do to navigate ongoing change and thrive in 2021. Welcome both. Thanks, Jen and Sharon. We're delighted to be here for this conversation today. Looking forward to it. So let's talk about where B2B marketing leaders are today. You know, six months into the pandemic, dealing with a lot of different dynamics. What are you hearing from clients and their concerns heading into 2021? You know, Jen, we've seen our uh, CMO clients and marketing leaders, first and foremost, they've been responding really quickly to every stage of the global pandemic, from leading the initial crisis response to quickly enabling their organization to communicate with their customer base in order to assess their needs and their changing needs during the pandemic, and then pivoting to quickly assess, well, how relevant are our current marketing plans based on these changing needs? Um, where do we have to make changes? How do we make those changes? And you know, as we've been talking to our clients, we've seen many organizations, some who have seen an immediate slowdown um, for their offerings, while others have a more mixed picture across their portfolio with some sets of offerings or even entire business units shutting down and others experiencing actually healthy increases in demand. And we've been doing things like using our audience framework best practice with a lot of these clients to revisit and prioritize their go-to-market target segment. So helping them answer questions like, well, which segments are growing and can still direct our demand gen efforts towards? What segments are shrinking um, where we might have to put a pause on those efforts? And shifting their attention significantly towards customer retention and engagement. Um, for most, they've shifted strategies and resources in some way. So think about, you know, for example, that increased focus on customer retention effort or training an entire team on a new capability like virtual events. So with that as the backdrop, like what steps are those marketing leaders taking to sort of position themselves for success kind of heading into, you know, maybe planning for next year and heading into next year? Are there some key themes that you're seeing across clients? Yeah, the 2021 planning has been a hot topic, clearly, because it's the time of year. So we always think about planning. Uh, but I think even more so this year, because either we're all really ready to get rid of 2020 and go into 2021, or we're scared to death of what's coming in 2021 and, and want to get there um, and be prepared. So, you know, preparedness and I think adaptability are the two big themes. Uh, no one is expecting anything to stay the same. Um, everybody is preparing for that very, you know, changes constant mood. Um, but how do we then proactively prepare for what we might expect? Um, so I think that's been a lot of the, the themes, if you will, going into the discussions. As Jen mentioned, depending on whether or not you've gotten a big lift in your business because of what 2020 offered us, or be, you know, you've had to shut down parts of your business, you're going to have different decisions to make, right? Um, the first one being, how do you, there, there's been certainly a lot of focus on alignment. Um, the organization doesn't have the 
luxury of, of not being aligned across product marketing and sales. So how, from a strategic perspective, do we get all of our ducks in a row and go, you know, after the right parts of the market um, with the right go-to-market efforts? And so I think alignment's a big conversation that, that people are wanting to have as they prepare for 2021. And, you know, there's also this heightened level of, of sensitivity to the customer and what the customers are dealing with and all of us as human beings are dealing with and that heightened level of sensitivity to our employees. Um, marketing leaders um, have, you know, usually, you know, marketing teams are very, you know, high um, social and, and they're, you know, interacting with each other a lot. There's a lot of interdependencies and collaboration and we've all been behind video screens for seven months. So you're, you're kind of this heightened level of, of sensitivity to both your, your employees, your teams, your staff, and how our customers are going to interface with us. So I think a lot of our expectations for 2021 are the trends we're seeing, the planning assumptions we looked at have come from these kind of themes that we're hearing from our clients as they, as they look towards planning. I'm going to tag on to what you were saying about that change is that anticipating and preparing for and reacting to change isn't just going to happen naturally. So marketing leaders have to build resilience into that annual planning process itself. And one of the things that's going to change for them is they really need to be thinking about establishing a type of early warning system approach to monitor, identify, and respond quickly. And that could be in the form of you know, more frequent and specific business reviews. Um, to your point, Adele, that increased sensitivity to a, a shift in a trend or in performance. And they're going to have to be listening more intently and asking more questions and asking them more frequently. And when change occurs for them, they're going to have to think about change in a new way and understand the source of that change, um, the class and the reach of the change. So the source identifies whether the change is, is it something that's happening internally? Is it externally? Is it both? Um, is the change controllable by the organization? And what about the reach? Um, is that change going to impact just the company or the entire ecosystem of partners, suppliers, and customers? Um, they're going to need to be able to assess that impact and consider the scale, the duration, the commercial impact of those changes. So, you know, one of the things that we've been hearing as we talk to CMOs is it now more than ever, it's important to over-communicate and do it in a consistent and predictable way. Um, one CMO we talked to recently talked about the need for that consistent and predictable communication channels to help break down the challenges as they come up and now really step up and provide the leadership and guidance for how to address them. Um, so that that's going to be a really important aspect of planning as you think about planning for next year is building in that resiliency to change. Talked about the over communicating or the fact that you really can't over communicate in this moment. But it sounds like you're also saying over listening, right? So, yeah. so to stay really, really in tune to different market signals. What are and and to your point, internal signals as well. Could you rattle off what do you think are the most important signals or things that B two B marketing leaders should be? attuned to or more attuned to today going into this kind of, you know, unpredictable kind of world 
than maybe they've been in the past, maybe some areas that they haven't been so focused on in the past that they need to be now? Sure. I mean, I'll start with one and then Adele, I'll, I'm sure you have some other thoughts and you can chime in, but one ties to just in general and an overall area of focus is post-sale and customer engagement. So we, you know, our clients would say, oh, well, you know, of course we've always been focused on the customer, but time and time again, we've seen historically that, yeah, you are, but customers are a little bit more of an afterthought in your marketing efforts. And now they're shifting to more attention and focus on customer, customer engagement. So some of those signals are going to have to do with um, how frequently customers are engaging, looking at things like a, a different way to look at what engagement looks like for their organizations and uh, things like client health scores and renewals um, um, and those types of things are going to be really important. Yeah, I think I would add maybe a, a bit more tactical perspective, but a conversation we've been having as well, and that you're, you know, you're listening for and paying a lot more attention to maybe that second layer or third layer of metrics and analytics that you've got um, beyond the sort of the top level that's saying, oh, here's our revenue impact or our pipeline impact or you know, demand generation components or high level satisfaction scores. I want to go a little bit deeper and understand the performance of certain channels. Because I might have to make some budget decisions, investment shifts, um, and I don't want to go in blind. I don't want to go in, um, you know, with sort of a blanket, let me just get rid of all my display advertising, or let me just, you know, do no more, whatever. That's kind of a bad, that gives me a bad feeling anyways, to, to think someone's doing it without the data. But having that information to know what channels are performing and what in, in what level, and what does that performance look like as compared to last year, as there a huge shift all of a sudden to content syndication numbers going up instead of, you know, something on the search engine side. Uh, you know, I don't know what the story is or what the end result will be, but knowing that information and paying a little bit more attention to it than you might have in that monthly or regular review is going to help you plan for, well, if we do need to make a shift, where are some areas we know are going to have um, you know, either the least, least negative impact on us or will shift us in the right direction. So I think that that extra listening and paying attention to your data and analysis that you, you know, I know as marketers we're all doing, but how much do we really dig into it to prepare the scenarios? Like, you know, back to creating what if scenarios so I can shift money if this happens over there or I can stop doing this and start doing this. We We need to have those alternative paths ready to go, probably more so than we did in the past. Yeah, that was going to be a question I was just going to ask you based on your, your, the beginning part of your answer, like how important is scenario planning today? Feels like we need to kind of model out a few different options for planning to ensure that flexibility, that adaptability. So, you know, what is that, what does that look like? And what, what is that skill set or, you know, what data does needs to be involved in, in that? I'm, sure is part of the mix. Jen, that's a great question. And it ties directly back to the comment about um, building that resiliency into your planning. Um, so it's if you've got the right type of disciplined approach to planning in place, that's a good starting point. Um, and one of the things that we've been talking um, to clients about in terms of being able to adapt quickly 
to things that come up is going back and reviewing the process they go through um, to prepare for their business reviews. How often are they happening? Do you participate in those business reviews? What are the signals, like we talked about earlier, those warning signs? Have they been built into those business reviews? Are they the same things that you're talking about and you're reviewing together? Um, and then adding that layer that you pointed out is in the what if, if this happens, you know, if we see a change in these signals or we start to see this, this could mean one of two things. What happens in scenario one? What happens in scenario two? And um, so that, that's, that's exactly what we're seeing uh, happening um, across a lot of the organizations that we're working with. Well, it's interesting, too, because um, I think it's a common thread across all leaders, right, heading into 2021 of needing that sort of different scenarios and be able to plan accordingly. But that has to put an even bigger tax on or demand on the alignment story, right? So it's one thing to within the marketing budget to be able to move some levers and shift around what you're spending on, but then to constantly keep that aligned with what the sales strategy is, the product strategy, et cetera, that's going to be a, a pretty big tax. And, uh, you know, if I had to guess, most organizations aren't operating that way today. So, uh, maybe I'll put you guys on the spot here. I mean, how many of the clients you talk to do you think are actually prepared and going to be able to pull that off in 2021? Or is this going to be another scramble? It's going to be another scramble um, for most organizations. I mean, let's be honest. This is we're, we're experiencing conditions we've never experienced before. So if you're an organization that already didn't have your act completely together, um, especially organizations that are highly matrixed and the, the planning process is complex. Now you're adding the unknown and the uncertainty into that. Um, so you're right. I think, you know, going back to a couple of the themes here we're talking about today, over communication, because you're right, there's more changes happening more frequently with more people who are looking at different scenarios. So it does make that alignment across the revenue engine that much more challenging that's going to be really, really important. Again, whether it's we meet more frequently in business reviews, you know, one of the CMOs we talked to early on, um, right after the pandemic hit, you know, maybe a month or so in, she said, our leadership team, we're meeting every day, every day. And I know it's the same in our organization. So that in and of itself is a big difference, but that has to happen, I think, to, to drive that alignment at lower levels in the organization. It's gotta come down from that alignment across the leadership team because leaders are having to make decisions and make them fast. I, I do wonder, Sharon, if there's like a Pollyanna view to this, right? It says, yeah, there's gonna be a scramble, but what if, you know, planning occurs annually, but strategy and direction and vision for a company, that changes a little bit less frequently. Is it time as part of all of this, what we've experienced, people have gone back up to strategy, right? And they're saying, well, there's some new markets we didn't know we had, or you know what, these markets we thought we were going to be making it, we're not going to make it there, we're going to have to shift. So as you go through that process, you know, maybe it is a matter, and again, I'll be Pollyanna for a second and say, of simply saying, you know what, here are our top three best bets but here are our next three secondary bets. And as a planning organization, how do we plan for both, right? Because if I can't get, you know, if one, two, and three are going well, terrific. But if three starts to fall off and I need to bring in, 
you know, foreign to, to make up for that, how is the rest of the organization going to fall in line? So maybe we can actually influence that process that you go through when you're trying to get alignment. And, you know, typically the alignment is here's 65 things we could do. <laughs> and then you negotiate that down to 40 and then maybe you get to 15, right? Instead, hopefully maybe everybody is sort of shocked into what we've experienced with some of these changes and we can actually get better at it from a leadership perspective and a strategic alignment perspective and, you know, force that conversation a little bit more because, you know, really who, who wants to go back through what we just went through? Could you say the same sort of thematic thing about how B2B marketing teams operate to like our leaders taking this sort of moment of change and uncertainty as an opportunity to evaluate how their teams, how their leaders, how their leaders are leading and how their teams are operating to, you know, maybe make some changes of like, we need to be more nimble, no more agile, um, use different tech or, you know, so is this because I like your Pollyanna um, version, is this an opportunity really to kind of address some of the problems that have been probably around for years? I, I definitely think so. I think it's time for everybody to step back and go, this is what we've been doing. And it all sounds good. And we all wrote it down. But how good are we really at doing any of it? A lot of what we talked about in the assumptions, it's time to say, you know, hey, you We've talked about integrated marketing for the past you know, five years. We're integrated marketers. We have all these great processes in place and we're totally collaborative and integrated. Well, are you sure? Did, you know, can you peel it apart? Can you know, test yourself, do some testing against what you have in place and how transferable are skill sets across those marketers? Because all of a sudden we had all these live event marketers that now had to become virtual event marketers or something else entirely. How migratable is a skill set across the organization. We should be asking those questions. So I think you're right. It is time to kind of uh, continue to disrupt it a little bit more, but with the right perspective in mind, which is we need to prepare for what we can't prepare for. And, but we need to try and figure out what that, what that could look like. And the good news is um, we're seeing a lot of marketing leaders take that approach because they're coming to us for help with assessing the capabilities across their organization because they know they don't have the luxury to address everything. So they're looking for help with identifying where do we have the greatest opportunity for improvement. Um, the other thing I would say is really important for them is to not just look at those organizational components. It's important to look at, yeah, we're going to look at the, the operating model. We're going to look at capabilities. We're going to look at competencies, but process also plays a really important role. And as budgets get tighter and teams get leaner, um, process optimization is going to be really, really important and help to minimize disruption in the organization, disruption for things like customer experience and enable better results overall for them. So we're having a lot of marketing leaders looking at that and asking their marketing operations teams to look at process improvements, doing process audits and a limiting eliminating waste and streamlining more the critical or core marketing processes needed in the organization and looking towards things like um, how do we apply agile methodologies to the things that we're doing? Can we apply those broadly across marketing? What does that mean? What does that look like for us? I would add to what Jen's um, saying in terms of technology too, right? I think we're also having I've had a few conversations where operations is looking at 
do we need all this technology? Because everybody's had a moment to sort of step back from it and ask that question. So same, similar, similar outcomes. So that's on the internal operations side. I'm curious, um, keep going on this glass half full Pollyanna line of thinking. I know you all have done a lot of work recently on looking at even what marketing is measuring and ensuring or helping our clients make sure that there are customer value metrics in there and measurement as well. It feels like one of those moments where, I mean, how long have we been telling marketers that they need to care about the post-sale experience? And yet, I would argue many of them haven't really fully done that, or at least don't give it the same attention as they do to the to the pre-purchase component. So is this a moment? I mean, especially as we're more focused on, you know, kind of making sure the customer base is solid and shoring that up and so forth, where that could actually take hold and start to happen in a more aggressive way? Or is it the opposite where, yeah, everyone still wants to do that, but stretch though thin, smaller budgets, no way in heck that it's going to happen anytime soon. I think it, I mean, well, I can't walk away from this podcast being the one that was glass half empty. So I'm going to start off by saying, I, I definitely think now is the time. And I do think now's the time that it will take hold. And you're right, Sharon, we were talking about that recently, something we, we covered at a, our, our U.S. summit back in May, how B2B leaders can start to be thinking about the metrics that they're tracking differently um, and using those to guide their decision making. And they're doing that, and but they're looking at metrics, you know, they're selecting metrics that look at how they deliver impact to the organization. Um, they're, they're emphasizing organizational value metrics over what we're all talking about here today. But what about our customer that we keep saying is so important? Um, how are we looking at customer value? Um, and how are we thinking about that focus on customer lifecycle? Because you're right, it's we've been saying the words for a long time, but are, is anyone actually doing it? And it was interesting because... Um, there was a study done um, that Forrester did a study for in preparation for that session at Summit, and there was seventy percent of metrics used by the marketing function were aimed at demonstrating organizational value, um, and fewer were demonstrating impact on um, the customer journey at all. So it's definitely time to make that shift, and I think it will take hold because. Just about everybody I talk to, and I'm sure Adele, you're having the same experience with our client base, is we are having more conversations now about customer success, customer marketing, focus on the customer because they've been forced to, given the current situation. You know, most organizations, there are those that have been fortunate enough to be in a market that suddenly had a surge, but the others are just trying to hold on to how do we make sure that we maintain um, and we've, that's got to start with our customers. And, but how do we know we're doing, we're doing the right things to do that? They have to start thinking about these measures. And I would add the timing of all that, Sharon, comes in with, you know, software as a service models at their peak, right? So renewal, um, you know, recurring revenue models more so than ever, if not, you know, I don't, I don't know what the stats are, but, but it seems to be more so than ever. Customer success, success organizations on the rise, different types of CS organizations, different roles, building out, growing in, in size, 
Um, and then you add, you know, the, the you know, 2020 and the impact of um, the shift and change in the impact on the customer itself. And you, and all of that kind of adds, adds up to saying, yeah, we know it's important. We've been saying it's important, but no, we were, we weren't kidding. We're, re we're really serious now that all this is coming together and we need to put time, energy, and money and, and people into that uh, more so than ever. So we've talked a lot about operations and changing of metrics and streamlining and maybe finally a push into customer experience and customer success and, and more significance. Those all feel almost very um, scientific or very planful. I'd love to get your take on sort of the emotion side of this equation, right? Um, in the B2C world, obviously, as soon as we hit the pandemic, sort of the, all of the brand work, everything moved to something very, very emotional, looking to connect with consumers on an emotional level. I would assume there's at least some level of that in a B2B context, because even if you're buying on behalf of a business, you're still a human. How far has that gone in the B2B world? Is that something that B2B marketers are pursuing at a higher level or, or not? Yeah, they definitely are, Sharon. That's such an important point. Um, B2B buyers are more emotionally invested than ever before. Um, they are buying from brands that are making the effort to be relevant, um, take action on their mission, and deliver value consistently. Buyers, even in B2B, just the same as B2C, they want to see their own ideals reflected. They want to be inspired. They want authentic experiences. Um, they want the vendors they're dealing with to be open um, and have a purpose. Um, we often forget that in B2B, that uh, B2B are people too. <laughs> and I think it's becoming less about B2B or B2C. That doesn't mean the same thing anymore. It's human to human connections and interactions. So what does that look like? What have you seen? What specific steps are B2B marketers taking or have been taking over the past, I don't know, six months or so to drive more of that emotional connection with their buyers and their customers? They're looking at how these human level drivers connect to the company's brand mission, vision, values, and purpose. So we see we're, we're having a lot of conversations. That's another area that's been heating up. I'd probably say it's a close second to planning and how do I plan for the unknown is a lot of conversation about um, what their target audiences are going to think of this brand now and in the future when we get through recovery. Yeah, I, I think I would add the two other areas that kind of have influenced this and really driving the brand level conversations have a lot to do with the diversity and inclusion topic. For, for us as a as a country and as a as an entity, um, specific you know specifically in the U.S., but I think it's it's driving a lot of the change of the brand, right? So shifting that into the picture, and that has to resonate beyond again you know what it might have been as a program you know stuck in the HR department, but more as you know who who am I as a brand now, and how how as a as a B two B buyer do I want to who do I want to affiliate with? based on some of those kinds of factors. So there's influences from the external space that are making that a, a top of line discussion topic. So, you know, in the midst of planning now or, you know, setting forth on your, your planning journey, what is, you know, what is the one to two takeaways 
that you want marketing leaders to be considering now uh, going into 2021? Adaptability, key theme. You know, we talked about resilience, adaptability, balance. That are some of the some of the core core themes. Um, and you know, ending up with that discussion about brand, I'd add, you know, authenticity. Thank you both for joining us today. Thank you, Jen. Thanks, Adele. Always great to talk to you. Thank you. It was great to be here today. It was a fun conversation. Yeah, lots of fun. It's great being here. Thanks. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to Forrester's What It Means podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. To continue the conversation, follow Forrester on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.